welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast. This is Max. And this is Josh. And today we are bringing you an album of my choosing. Um, and this week I decided I decided to really change it up to, um, when it comes to like the genre of what we've been doing so far. And uh, we are doing Elton John's Honky Chateau. This is his first, I believe it is, it is his first ever number one album. And it began a streak of, I believe, six albums um, that were all consecutively number one hits. Very nice. Uh, and so... Um, this this is probably the the album that I'm most excited about having done. It, I felt like I gained the most from listening to this than anything else that we've done so far. Um, why did you choose this album though? So our our, our, <laughs> our it's actually funnily enough, um, this all comes back to uh, to Zeppelin actually because I was listening to. So hear me out. All right, so um, so you sent me the podcast, Mark Marin and Bob Spitz. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Bob Spitz is the guy who wrote um the Led Zeppelin biography, which I. I am actively reading, and it's it's a doozy. I'm finished now. Yeah. And if you've been following along with my reading progression, <laughs> it is quite depressing by the end. Yeah. And, uh, oh, wait, I think we have a guest. Yes, yes. I feel like Howard Stern knocking on the door. Uh oh Grace is here. Okay, go ahead. All right, all right. So, uh, but anyway, so um, then he and so Bob Spitz, the author, was we probably talk about it. one second. Just sorry. We'll Grace, wait for sorry. Grace to situate herself. Oh, yeah. There. Okay. there we go. All right. So Bob Spitz was big in the music industry before even writing any of his biographies. And he mentioned um, that he was particularly close with Elton John and then pointed out. And then he was just talking about Elton John for a bit. Elton John, Elton John. And then I was like, wow, I wonder. Like, we haven't done anything Elton John yet. No, no. And then I was like, oh, well, uh, like, what better album to start off with than his first huge album and the album with Rocket Man on it. It seemed like just it seemed very fitting, and then it quickly I realized became an album of just hidden gems. Yeah, well, like what I could only just like in, like hidden just gems. I, well, I definitely consider myself an Elton John fan. In fact, by the time that people are listening to this, I may have already seen him in Kentucky um, <laughs> for the last tour. But I was stunned when listening to this about how tied I am to his greatest hits yeah. and how strong all these songs were beyond what. Great the hits. greatest the, the hits. Non-singles oh, yeah. are as strong as the singles. I mean, this is this is literal album Which, by the way, work. There are two singles on this. Right, right, right. And the and uh the two singles being, of course, Rocket Man and Hockey Cat. And but and besides that, there is gold oh, there on this is. album. Well, you know what I found was most interesting about this album to me is that all the songs practically would work as solo piano pieces too. Yes. That, that, but you, there's this really, really solid band. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and, and the thing that strikes me is that, um, as I speak about my parents frequently, uh, bridging the gap, of course, that they, they were not big Elton John fans and I don't really totally understand why, but, um, but I'm way into Elton John at this point. Uh, how do we feel about rocket man as a movie? Oh, um, I, you know what? I was thinking about that actually. And I wish, I wish I would have revisited it, um, mm. before doing this because back when Grace, you gotta calm down, Grace. Right. You can't. This, I think the stardom is getting the Grace. <laughs> She's become a diva. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I wish I revisited it. But if I recall, um, I think Bernie. I can't remember his name. Bernie Toppin. I believe his role was kind of underutilized in the movie. I don't really remember. 
Uh, he's there. He's there, but I don't think he's like. And I think there's even an implication of like a romantic relationship. There which is, I don't think... even though he's had, four, he's on wife number four. Let's go, Bernie. <laughs> well, Bernie's dead now. Bernie's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> if you get invited to a weekend at Bernie's, avoid <laughs> oh, it. Um, but I mean. I remember thinking. I remember thinking it was a good movie. I remember enjoying it, but I also remember that was when I was only familiar with Elton John through his greatest hits. Right. Well, there's also a lot of suspension of disbelief there. It, it's like magical realism. Kind yeah, of, exactly. Where he all of a sudden starts singing in the middle of a, of a set piece. Um, I I really enjoyed it. Um, and then of course we have to follow up cinematically. Nomeo and Juliet. Oh, oh, of course. Directed by the husband of Elton John. Yes. And full of. Full of Elton John songs mm -hmm. and really hilariously placed. It's <laughs> like there's all these moments because it's about Romeo and Juliet with garden gnomes, and they will <laughs> randomly break out into honestly well placed Elton John songs. Right, right. Well, I, I remember seeing that for the first time with you guys and thinking, like, it's like the smartest person got into a room with the dumbest person <laughs> and they decided we're going to go 50 50 on this. <laughs> Because it's really clever on some yeah. levels, and then all of a sudden it's like, what's uh, what? <laughs> so, uh, oh, um, so so actually, um, so how much did you have to listen to this album? Actually, like as a bit as a greatest hits fan, like how much were you like, wow, I really need to, I really need to listen to this, or was it kind of a light listen? Um, you know what? It, it, all the songs are so good that it was a really light listen. I, I had no, pro I, I've played this probably more than most of the albums just because i i enjoy it so much all yeah. right and then um my, my, and then another question um what have you been listening to lately what have i just kind of in general like not like it can it can be it can be um albums that you might be thinking of for a future podcast or it can just be stuff you what have you been listening to lately well um other than howard stern um i've been listening well i listened to a lot of john mayer we just got back from two nights of john mayer and so oh, i had right. to do some um, setless prep setless prep for that and um i would say that that, that john mayer is the, the primary thing that, that we were listening to because we also listened to the um there's a seth rogan interview with uh, howard stern that was really really good and um shoot someone else that all of a sudden i'm blanking Bob Odenkirk? he was great he was great no no this this was one of the um the best uh, of the best ofs yeah yeah um but uh, oh billy joel oh yes which, which is interesting because i've seen elton john and billy joel together and um I, billy joel was very interesting um but he's kind of a pompous ass which which is interesting because i believe that that's elton john's reputation but um i, I don't like uncle sean I'm not a big fan of Billy Joel as a person, although he has <laughs> apparently written some very, very great songs, and I do appreciate that. And maybe if I knew Elton John, I wouldn't appreciate him. We did see, although I, I should point out that um, when we were in L.A. seeing John Mayer with the Grammy Museum, and we saw um, uh, Eminem do Stan with Elton John on oh, this in this yeah. big surround sound theater thing, and it was it was unbelievable especially considering the fact that um elton john is eminem's sponsor yeah and that, that was kind of like this unifying experience because um oh, eminem, eminem had used the f yeah. word um yeah 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 and and he regretted it and so for elton john to come out and um bless 
yeah. the uh, the Eminem performance was was quite impressive. And he, you know, he and he's wearing like this pink suit with like yellow triangles on it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Eminem's just in like basketball clothes. <laughs> But that that was that was really quite remarkable. What about you? Anything so actually, that kind of ties in weirdly into what I've been listening to. Okay. Because so during class, now that we've all got our Chromebooks in front of us, we had some downtime, and me and a few friends were looking up the Rolling Stone top five hundred lists. Oh, okay. And we came to the conclusion that through through um, that uh, so number sixteen on Rolling Stone's list, and I believe, and the album that also because of all the albums that come after it makes it Rolling Stone's best album of the twenty first century. Uh, was Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. Oh, very And so that uh, begged the question of um, where is the Eminem album on there? And then for the two friends, they they, they were debating uh, which is better, the Marshall Mathers LP or the Slim Shady LP? Uh, Marshall Mathers. Uh, yeah, which, uh, yeah, 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 oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. But the one friend is very, he's, I guess he's into the deep stuff, and he... He was firm. He was like, this is the best. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, you don't get it. The beginning of the Marshall Matters LP, and I had to re-listen to it a few times in order to really hone in my opinion, but, like, is one of the best. Those first three tracks, which oh, stand. I am whatever yeah, you say I am. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. that and, and um, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but the, the first, because there's the intro, which the intro is so good, the public service announcement, mm-hmm. and then followed by what comes after is perfect is a perfect um album intro and when we do repeats you'll be seeing the marshall matters lp i don't know about the Mm. shady lp but the marshall matters lp okay sounds Um, good yeah and 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 about this album though um genius.com was not that helpful this week (laughs) okay apparently elton john and genius do not (laughs) do not well i think it is i mean of course there's rocket man stuff but besides that i just think this it's an album of hidden gems Mm -hmm. and it was just a little bit too hidden and so were um rocket man and honky cat were they big hits then um of course rocket man was honky cat not as much um it definitely charted it had it had its moment to shine and it was also i found out featured in the rocket man movie well duh (laughs) i know but like it 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 was a very it you know what let's talk about let's we want to get into honky cat let's 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 go honky cat heck of a way to start off an album i mean just to really display the the massive um the, the massive skills of both elton john and his his uh, fellow band members that he's assembled uh yeah it's super tight and um one of the things that i um especially dig about this particular tune is that it is both patient and funky at the same time and i think that um oftentimes it, it's easy to forget how much uh, funk requires a little bit of patience yes and it, it's definitely on display here um i i just i'm curious um how do you feel about uh the use of the term honky in it uh is it different because he's british is there uh, something no but i don't feel strongly about it in general so um because you are talking about 72 also yes. so oh yeah and we're it, talking 50, 40 years 48 50 years ago 
Yeah, yeah. And obviously race relations are different. They're different in Br- in Britain too, you know, that yes, they, they do it, it's not quite the same. And and like I said, I don't even know that honky is known as an epithet necessarily. No, no, no. But um it's interesting that the the combination I think of the term honky chateau because chateau implies that it's somewhere kind of fancy, you yes. know, like a French French chateau. Oh yeah, I, I in, love that. In this case it's it, it's a honky chateau. I will say that we just got much like that a white house you visited <laughs> <laughs> well that the, we we actually just got back from seeing elton john and of all the um hits that one would have expected him to play this this was not one of them did he he did not play it. okay no no yeah and i i, I would have thought i this was a single wasn't it uh did yes you, did you look yeah, into that yeah, okay yes it was yes this this album only had two singles uh this and rocket man, and, right. and rocket man yeah. uh i think it's going to be a long long time uh hercules was a potential single but we'll cover that in a bit okay yeah um yeah he did play rocket man and it was of it course was exceptional for us right 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 for everybody who who knows the song and knows the movie at this of point course. in time um and, and this I, is really i think this is really the beginning uh, uh um uh of Elton John using very light music to juxtapose really, really emotionally heavy lyrics. Because this is a song about someone who just doesn't fit in in the place that they are. But I mean, like, that's a a very upbeat piano tune to back that. It's very upbeat. In fact, I think that... uh, I think it speaks to how musically cohesive it is that I I have no idea what the song is about. Oh, And I've uh, probably listened to it, you know, 50 times. And... I believe that I could at least get the vowels and consonants of the words. So if the I was song is about, <laughs> so the song. I mean, I mean the song's actually kind of tragic. It's basically about how he's in the, this honky village in kind of the middle of nowhere, and then how he wants to leave. He wants to go to the bright lights of the city, and he goes there, and they don't want him, and so he goes back to the honky village. Ah. He's just kind of doomed, stuck there, and be just be there and be a honky cat. So you better get back to the woods. Better get back to the woods. I know, I know that part. <laughs> All right, so should we move on to Mellow? Move on to Mellow. piano has become the primary instrument um and this was actually i thanks to genius.com uh one of elton john's favorite tracks that uh uh uh, uh that he has recorded this one is yes wow yeah i know right i think it might be well i think first off, there might be some nostalgia given that this is his first in a very long series of number one hits mm-hmm. and also i mean while he didn't write the song, he did compose it. So maybe there was something. Maybe there's something about I don't know the chord progression that's very fulfilling to him. Well, you know that's interesting. So I I had written down that it's it's totally a gorgeous tune, and I haven't looked at the chord progression as as I had no, written. Me neither. Um, but it definitely sounds like a different Elton John song as well. Yes. I'd be really curious to um, see some chord charts uh, side by side with um, a couple of different Elton John songs and try to figure out what what the trick is or what it is that he's doing um i like the the little wah-wah squeal that's at the beginning of each measure during the chorus uh but it's interesting because the guitar is not at all prevalent in the song no. at all Which, except for that little 
which I kind of like. I mean, like, oh you, yeah. You, well, first of all, this. So I've been doing uh, some some research into Dylan lately for a future Dylan podcast, mm-hmm. and it's kind of fun to notice uh, the the similarities in in the creation of both um, of both Elton John and the use of Elton John's backing band and 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 uh, Dylan's backing band when he did the album that we're eventually coming Yeah, from. well, I have a feeling that Elton John is a much better band leader than Dylan is. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. D- Dylan, Dylan shined on his own and had a backing uh, troupe. Yeah, and he wouldn't even tell him what key it was in. He would oh. just start playing. Yeah, oh, no, <laughs> he's roll. notoriously had, was a terrible, terrible band leader. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, in fact, um, this is a, from a different album, but if you listen to um, Blonde on Blonde, the last album, or the last song, uh, I want to say it's Sad-Eyed Lady of the, of the Lowlands. And there's even a chord change that is a mistake on there. And it's just... <laughs> That's stayed, recorded? Yes, yes. <laughs> it just stays there. Um, but uh, it's it's a, it also has the weird, like, keyboard-ish sort of solo yeah. on it. Um, I don't know if, if Elton John... It might be high. It might be. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what's, what's going on there. I like it, and it works... But um, and I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll continue to talk about this as we go through. But I think that this song, it's interesting getting that that feedback about this being his favorite song, because the thing that struck out to me is that a one of by the way one of one okay of. okay the the distinction is important here. <laughs> well, I I would think so considering the fact that I don't think he plays it live. That no. would be weird yeah. if he just held on to his favorite song. But just that how strong each individual track is. I mean, it's something that's easy to lose track of or lose sight of when you take a look at how massive his catalog is with regard to hits. But to know that the same sort of craftsmanship that went into um, creating... Yeah, 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 yeah. His his many, many hit singles also went into this particular project. It's one of the reasons why um, this has been definitely one of my favorites that we've done so far yes. in terms of my experience and of like, Ooh, this is yeah. a whole album of gold. Right. And of like, of hitting gold too. Like this is not. Well, otherwise if I were listening to Elton John greatest hits, I would probably skip rocket man. Uh, I like it oh, well yeah. enough, but uh, you know, yes. I don't need to hear it a million times and honky cat would be, would be cool enough, but it wouldn't have the, the hook that it has after going through the whole album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, back to uh, back to light piano with heavy lyrics, kind of. Uh, we move on to "I Think I'm Going to Kill Myself." No more. pretty crazy song uh, um it's a pretty crazy song definitely how the lyrics shift mm-hmm. how there's the first act where it seems like a fame thing and then the next two which seem more like a teenage angst thing hmm interesting um yeah, I'm, it, the, I'm the lyrics guy oh so. yeah you you definitely are the thing that struck me about this reminded me of uh, Maxwell Silverhammer from Abbey Road yes. that if you're not paying attention to the lyrics you don't know what a heavy song it is now yeah 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 because it sounds so joyful and this one uh, you know I'm not the lyrics guy but um it doesn't really take a um you don't need to be a scholar you don't need a degree in literature <laughs> to recognize that a song called I think I'm going to kill myself could possibly have some 
uh, heady I, overtones. I wonder how many subs who have been like Maxwell, like Maxwell Silver Hammer, like don't know the song, like well, don't know, don't know that part of the song, and are just like da 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 da, and they're like, that's nice, <laughs> like that's their. So you've you've had a significant number of subs. I've who... had one or two. Okay, uh, okay, a year. <laughs> oh, a year. Okay. <laughs> who are like, is it Maxwell Silver Hammer? I'm like, I always say no. I always that's my go-to is no because I don't, I don't want them to have guessed it. That's funny to me, just because um, they're old subs. I didn't know until after you were named and in existence that it existed. That, well, no, no, no. Of course, of course, I knew it existed. Mm-hmm. That's where you were named after it. Um, but um, so, so that you've been lying to the subs all your life. <laughs> um, I, I did not realize that a, a Maxwell is not necessarily a first name in the for, for the most part. Oh well, I yeah. guess I'm special that way. Yeah, you you definitely are. You definitely are. You oh, right. you and Max and the, with this, the silver uh, alleged alleged serial killer. Quote Dave Spell. Uh, these are just allegations, <laughs> but we do admit it doesn't look bad. <laughs> All right. Um, which oh, also another thing. Um, this song it almost makes me feel like Elton John, definitely definitely in Honky Cat, and I mean. In a few other songs, but in no other song more so than this one, that like he kind of feels almost like a jester, hmm. where it's kind of where it's kind of like our like the job like our role in this album is to kind of like laugh like laugh like laugh at his pain, like he's a clown, like to kind of like or like or like to to find enjoyment in his pain, like in all this craziness that's happened, and he's kind of accepting like that all this craziness that's happened to him that we find that he can find a way for us to find joy in it in this kind of weird sense that's pretty heavy well and you would put that that onto elton john rather than bernie toppin though uh i would say bernie toppin definitely (laughs) um had a role in that given that he's the primary songwriter but i think that also elton john's elton john's a-okaying of things and i feel like there definitely had to be a certain amount of of give or of t- i mean actually i i have though admittedly also seen um read some interviews where um both both elton john and bernie were like um there was a definite level of of feeding bernie music for him to match songs to at different points in elton john's career okay okay well i, I know that see the thing is as far as back to the the whole notion of the jester thing there's no doubt about it that his persona elton john's persona yes. is like that of the jester you think about the outfits that oh he yeah wore and any number of things. what were the outfits like by the way or what was the outfit like oh oh the outfit was fairly um uh, uh it was cool yeah mellow yeah 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 i would say that it was mellow he um but mind you, it had rhinestones on the back and all that sort of thing. It was a little bit interesting because so we were um, behind him and we were at the top of the first area. Was it like a circular stage? It was it was a circular stage, but we we were like, yeah, 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 sure. It was a circular stage. And he would just get up after like every other song and like turn around and bow and raise his hands. And it was almost like they were just a puppet or a Muppet was just going around <laughs> to do that. Um, it was, it was very, very fascinating. His voice, his voice was on point. I was very impressed. I had, I'd heard that he had backup singers who um, play, made the hit, hit the, the notes that he was not no longer able to hit, but his band did some background singing, but he didn't have background singers. So he he was definitely on point, definitely better than, I don't know if you've seen any of the clip. You probably haven't because you don't run in the same circles. Clips of Bon Jovi from the last like two weeks or something. Uh, have you? No, I have not. But um, I've, if I recall bridging the so- song that did number three, we were going pretty hard on Bon Jovi. Yeah. Oh no. But it, I, it, 
it it is train wreck style stunning. Oh, um, it's it's not like uh, Vince Neil from Motley Crue. <laughs> He's able to get the words out. <laughs> he has yet to fall off a stage. But um, but I, I mean, I listened to it just out of morbid curiosity, and um, it was almost like I became more curious as I listened further. Like, is this it? What's going on? Like that Pink Floyd uh, video the, with the worst cover of Pink Floyd. What song was that? Uh, oh, that's comfortably numb. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, worst yeah. cover of comfortably numb you'll ever see. <laughs> right, right, right. No, this was not that bad. So, <laughs> so, uh, so Bon Jovi, you still have a little bit of time. Um, let's see. Do we move on to Susie? Let's do it. Move on to Susie. <laughs> This is my favorite song on the album. This is without a doubt my favorite song on the album. I, I think it's kills. I, yeah, yes. it's, it's straight up, straight up funk. This is like if we ever did like uh, if we ever did a bridging the gap hidden gems thing, this would mm. be just right up there. This this is such a good song. Oh. It, it uses um Jimmy Page levels levels of dynamics. Mm-hmm. It the drums just add um great stuff and the piano. If I started playing piano again, this is the song I would want to learn. Yeah, I I love it. Um, I haven't checked out the chords of this, but I I'd be. It reminds me a lot of Up on Cripple Creek by the yes. band. There's there's something about it that um hits in that fashion. I did think that the the guitar solo was kind of interesting on it. Um, I didn't really care for the tone of the guitar solo because it sounds a little tinkly. I don't know, but yeah. but uh, I the the note choices I was I was very very satisfied with. Yes, uh, this is well this I dug it so much. This is one of the ones that I would love to be able to sing. Um, sadly, I don't think that I would sing it well, and so it probably will not be making the stage um, anytime soon. Well, sadly not, but it's. It's so good. Well, the thing that's hard about it too is not only would I suck at it, but no one would know it. And yes. So, <laughs> what are you doing? Right, right, right. Well, and we don't have a piano player in well, the band. And that, there and is, there is that. There addition. is that. But I mean, it's uh, it's such a good song, and I mean, we we have sung the praise of this is the hidden gem of this album. This is a hidden gem of Elton John's. Um, and now, uh, you ready to move on to Rocketman? Indeed. As a kind by then. Inspired, of course, from the David Bowie song, Space Oddity. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been recently – David Bowie's interesting. I have not uh, done a David Bowie uh, deep dive, um, but I, I'm i interested. I got, I, I've – how about how this way? David Bowie has made enough songs that I'm interested in that I'm like, hmm, he's a potential album. He's a potential. Well, 
But I just wouldn't know. I I haven't done a dive enough to know what to recommend of a David Bowie album. Also, if we do a David Bowie album, it would be the equivalent of like when we did Queen's Jazz. It Mm -hmm. might be it might be a deeper cut that has a hit or two on it. We'll see. We'll see when we get there. Who knows? Right, right. Well, and the David Bowie thing is similar also to the Dylan thing in terms of there are just so many iterations of yes. david bowie that yeah, there's david bowie with queen mm. there's the cocaine years yeah and I, the... I just lack the um the background knowledge to be able to give a cohesive or to understand yes. cohesively how this david bowie is different from the other, other david, david bowie Bowies. or other music that would have been around at the which time which is hey maybe where greatest hits albums could become a thing who knows who knows who knows we who knows what the future holds for bridging the gap podcast i do you know what i do know that there is a way to influence the future yes, of bridging the gap podcast and uh that would be by contacting us at btgpodcast123 at gmail.com or sending us out a tweet at BTG Podcast One Two Three. Um, I just would like to say also that the number of emails that we've received <laughs> absolutely just tramples the number of tweets that we've received. So, so if there needs to be like an email versus tweet uh, competition, this might be the time to do it. Yes, of course. But so, but back to the Rocket Man thing. Of as we got off on our David Bowie tangent. Um, I'll say my my personal take. Well, first of all. Have you uh, ever heard William Shatner do this? Have we talked about this? Uh, no, I've not. Heard yeah, William Shatner. Do William Shatner. I, I've heard William Shatner do songs on Howard Stern, but I yeah, have well, That is okay. So what you've heard of William Shatner on Howard Stern? That's exactly the way that he did Rocket Man with a straight face <laughs> in like 1974, 76. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pack my bag <laughs> at night. Late night flight. I mean, it's nine a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is remarkable. No. Um, and I, I want to say that that's probably the version that I knew first, even if I'd heard Rocket Man really? once or twice before. Uh, yeah, through Star Trek. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 of course. Right. That makes sense. Um, and but my, I feel like, um, I feel like uh, when it comes to the composition, this is, pro- this is one of the more creative songs on the album. It's not my favorite, but I think that there's, def- there's definitely more thought put into this than Susie. Because Susie feels like it feels like power chords. Oh or yeah, this, oh yeah. This feels like he really he broke out the music theory books on well, this one. Yeah, I would argue that this, although I probably like Susie better, um, this is probably a better song yes. than Susie is. Um, I, I know my my special memory of this is I got to see um, the only time that Fish has played this live. They played it in Tahoe in like 2013. I want to say. Ooh. And it was a really cool bus out. And it's the only time that I've ever seen Trey play with a, a, a slide when he does the yes. whole thing that comes up to make it sound all special and nice. It was Paige who was singing. It wasn't Trey, but um, who, who did the singing. Um, but very pretty song. One of the classics. I don't have much to say about it because. Which I, also, um, wh- where does this rank amongst your, uh, amongst the, the hits? Because I think among the hits, this is my least favorite. Like, at least, well, I'm Still Standing is my favorite, but I think I like your song in Tiny Dancer more than this one, too. Oh, I definitely like okay, your song in cool. Tiny Dancer better than this. And I love I, I'm Still Standing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, me too. And um, The the Bitches Back is, yes. was a, just nails one. I forgot one. about that yeah, one. Yeah, that one. I forgot just, about that one. Oh! Yeah, yeah. It, gives, it gave me chills to see him singing it about himself. I think that's... <laughs> 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 uh, um, yeah, this is... I would say this is not top ten for me. Really? Oh, oh, this one. Okay, yeah, me too. That song. Me, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
It might be top ten. I would. I'd have to do. I have to do more than Elton John. It might be top ten. Okay. I don't. Well, I don't want to say that. Um, I did a bunch of show prep. So, all right, cool. so yeah, yeah. So he did like twenty eight songs, and so Sick. I knew which ones they were. Oh, and so, okay, yeah, so, 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 so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably uh, possibly a top twenty five song for of mine. All right, for, sounds for him. good for him. All right, yeah. Okay, do we move on to salvation? Salvation. And I have pretty similar thoughts on the composition of This Is A Dude to Rocket Man, where it's like there was definitely work put into it, but it doesn't have – like I've noticed that across across this whole podcast that I like the songs that have kind of a, a bam moment mm-hmm. to them. Like the uh, – uh, like – uh, like when we did the Beatles, I was more into the ones that did have that were heavier. When we did the Doors, um, I I like the um, I stuff I like stuff like a uh, 20th Century Fox, um, the songs that kind of have that that moment. And while neither of these songs have them, they're still incredibly creative songs. Creative songs. Well, and I I dig this song for the uh the the vibe and the fact that um. Uh, it seems it seems to be a building moment yes. that's going on, and it's kind of setting up, setting the stage uh, for for Slave. And I I feel like it it's it's pretty epic in its vibe. It feels like it's definitely uh, church like yes. and um, you know organ style. Um, so so I like it. It's hard for me to separate it from uh, Slave, which yes. is probably why. Um, it wasn't a single because yeah. I, I think that this is definitely an album song. Yes, um, it, it blends too right, much. Right, right. Okay, ready to slave it up? Let's <laughs> let's let's move on to slave. I think it's a better. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I did not mean to be uh, uh, something. Something. Slave. Slave. We might have to cut that in post. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh. So. So this is really another song where. Oh, so. So this is another song where it kind of feels like uh the piano really takes a back seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. But- I. I mean, on honestly, this song I I, I put in my notes. I was like, I, this feels kind of like, um, it, it feels like a Vietnam protest song that came out way too late. Hmm. Like, like, because like it feels like an, an against the man thing, kind of, but not because it came out in seventy two. And I think that was the year we left Vietnam, right? It was seventy two. Seventy three. Seventy three. Okay. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe <laughs> maybe he really hates LBJ. Um, but I, but yeah, it just, it's a strange song that I don't really know what to say about it. Right. Um, I, I'll try not to get too much into the fact that LBJ was done being president in 1960. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. Nixon. Right, right. He wasn't a Nixon fan. That's right. But, um, that, well, that's interesting. The way that I think about it 
is a little bit different. Um, oh, well, first of all, we've got 75 is technically when um, we pulled out. Okay. So, okay. so it was not 73. Okay. Sorry, I, I wish I had a history teacher around here too. Yeah, on if, that sort only, of thing. if only. Um, for me, the thing that struck out, and maybe maybe it's because I was on this track when I was thinking of Honky Chateau and Honky Cat, that um, some more uh, problematic racial imagery just using yes. the and and also I think that that which again I previously said that they're kind of meant to be together, but linking the notion of salvation to slave. Um, is is a little bit is a little bit intriguing and i think that it doesn't this is definitely not one that he plays in concert no it is that, not yeah yeah has to uh, play this one for a minute right right well and it's interesting too though that this in terms of the deluxe edition that we that we've been listening to i don't know if you listen to the um the other version of this but there are two different versions of this song on that deluxe edition. i gave it a light listen but mm -hmm. um i didn't really I didn't really go into it enough to talk about it. I, I just noticed like, oh, it's a faster version that I kind of like. I, I like the composition a bit more just because it, it was faster. It moved a little, and, and it made it a little bit more distinct from uh from Salvation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I did not feel Grace. Stardom's getting your hit. Right, exactly. Grace, there you go. That'll that'll placate her. That'll play Gator. All right. Um, I was going to go into unnecessary correction mode again. <laughs> but uh, I did it myself. Right. The um, uh, the country aspect of the song also, though, I think, plays into the slave imagery yes. in a way that 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 makes it, it, it challenging. Uh, unsurprisingly, there's very, very professional slide work on here, though. They did a great job, whoever's doing the guitar stuff. And I'm pretty sure his band, his backing band, has been pretty static over the course of the last 50 years or so. Like, he's been playing with the same drummer and the same bass player for sure i think the guitar player might be a, a different person but i think these guys are all well known in the elton john circles and it looks like grace is desperate for attention for us well no no I, I think she's getting excited about the prospect of us talking about amy oh of course right exactly it's not grace but it's amy This this is also probably one of my favorites. I, I don't do. like it more I than do. Rocket Man, but um, you don't like it more than Rocket Man. No, I like Rocket Man. I like Rocket Man more than this song. Okay, wow. Okay, go on. Um, I I, I think that the part of Rocket Man might be the the, the the nostalgia factor and having listened to it so much. Mm -hmm. But this this is again back to Elton John just banging on that piano. Oh yeah, this is one of the songs that if if he did this lot, if he decided to just dump this one live, I would be super crazy like but now i know he's not going to because but, but be, yeah because his set list is pretty much set in stone he's doing 21 songs and yeah all that but um i love it, it, it this this is definitely a standout the gym. definition of a hidden gem oh yeah 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 yeah. and it really benefits i think from the string arrangements that they have the like violins and stuff like that it's it's which such the, a strong tune which the solo and i just talked about the solo being not great if it's a piano if it is a piano solo for this is an electric violin that's it's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah that, that's pretty cool. And the the drum, the drums in the background, like it's very they're like I I do love dynamic drums. Mm -hmm. Like I love the drums where they don't just like that was the thing about the Beatles documentary 
where it was kind of sad to see Ringo Starr in the background. You can see that he was just tapping out the same rhythms over mm. and over and over again for every single song. And so it's cool to see how nowadays, post John Bonham, basically drums have evolved into having like how they play their own song in the background, like, yeah, on their own beat and on their own rhythm. And it's it, the, the the marking is clear and apparent and very welcome. And yeah, um. All right, do you want to move on to uh, Mona Lisa's and, and Mad Hatter's? Well, let's get it on. New York City Until you see This trash can dream come true You stand at the edge While people run you through which is a it's a really that's that's a really funny name for it, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatters. Again, this one sounds like a different Elton John song to me too, and I don't know which one, and I don't know if that speaks to my lack of sophistication as a listener or uh, I, I the don't similarity think, of the songs or. Um, I don't. I think. Hmm, I uh, this song definitely gives me mellow vibes. Mm. Um, and it's very. It almost feels it like Rocket Man. It almost feels more like a story than um, any of the previous songs mm-hmm. because it's because when I looked it up, it was um, it was Bernie Taupin talking about how this was inspired by an Aretha Franklin song um, okay. called Spanish Harlem, Spanish Harlem, and, and about how it was kind of like how the beginning is supposed to be. It's actually a lot like Honky Cat, where it's like the beginning is in New York and you don't know what to do, and then the ending and then the last half of the song is you're in New York, you found friends, and you know what you're doing with your life. Yeah, interesting. So it's kind of like if Honky Cat had a good ending, as okay. opposed to just... Ah, so Mona Lisa's is the separate part, where you're yes. by yourself, like a Mona Lisa who yes. is watching everything go by. And the Mad Hatter's when you've joined the... Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah. Join the craziness. Okay, yeah. that, that totally makes sense to me. I yeah. had not crossed my mind before, but yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid song. And again, like, this is... It's an album of hidden gems. It's kind of crazy, actually. Like how... Like, like how how well-known Elton John is for the the hits that I would honestly call, like, just timeline-wise, very sporadic. Mm-hmm. It was like, one would come, and if you look and you're like, wow, that's like five years in between this this hit and that hit, and that's like five years between the next one and the next one. Well, because it, I because disagree it, with that timeline. So, Tiny Dancer and Rocketman are within a year. Because yeah. Tiny Dancer, I think, I think that's, well, so it's your song, anything two years later-ish was Tiny Dancer. About a year after that was Rocketman. And then, then, then there was an explosion of, and then oh yeah, because then there was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, of course. Right. right. And then there was yep, yes, uh yeah. Um. Anyways, do you want to move on, to Hercules? Last song, Hercules. Which was almost a single. Which, I mean, this is an album with a lot of potential singles, and mm-hmm. it makes sense. It's a radio-friendly song. Um, it was just, uh, there wasn't really a specific reason as to why it didn't become a single. I think it was just, like, a marketing error, like, some type of, just a benign error. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what it's like as an artist to write an album such as this, where all songs you treat equally and think are equally important, and then have two that go on and you have to play them Every, Every night day. of your life. Every day. And then have eight that, that you, you love. never play again. 
he will never play Amy, even yeah. though it's a fantastic song. By the way, I don't think he's playing Honky Cat. That would, yeah, yeah. And or Crocodile Rock. I don't think he's doing that one anymore mm. either. One of those, actually, I take it back. One of those he's doing, but I think, I don't know. Crocodile Rock is kind of a silly tune too. Yeah. I, I like it, but. But yeah. <laughs> that, that, is the, that is the weird thing with, there's so many artists that you hear about who have that. I mean, like that was what, that was what Howard Stern was talking about when he had, um, when he was talking about having the Red Hot Chili Peppers on. Because he was trying to decide between two songs because, um, and well, they're, and they're choose like, two songs. Yeah, choose two songs. And then they were like, well, you know, like we, we wanted to do like Under the Bridge, but they sung Under the Bridge thousands of times. Right, right. So right. it felt weird, but also it's a great song, but Yeah, also, if you're only giving two, why? Like, why, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I would make that decision with the chili peppers i would do so i i have less um experience with chili peppers than you do so i think it's easier for me mm. um i would immediately do californication and um and then it would be a toss-up between um and then honestly maybe under the bridge no no, no wait no 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 wait wait um ah i can't you know what talk while i look up i would um, probably go with um soul to squeeze i would not is definitely one of my favorites and then it's hard because, like, how do you choose what single that you've heard, you know, 15 times or exactly. a bunch of times? Like, Donnie California, I love, but do I need to hear it again? Under the Bridge, do I need to hear it again? Where Soul to Squeeze, I feel like, is more of a special, you know, that was a single that was released on, like, the Conehead soundtrack or something like that. Yep. You know, it was not a... Um, it's on By the Way, the song that I'm thinking of. Uh, can't it, Stop. It, no, it's not Can't Amazon. Stop, actually. Mm -hmm. It's not Can't Stop. It's And it's not Scar Tissue. I don't know. That's on that's on the California right, album. Right. But Scar Tissue is one that I would definitely put on the list. I, I would not. I would, um, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, Snow Hayo. Interesting. That's a deep cut. It yeah. is just yeah. because it's a because yeah, I would do Californication for the big one, and then Snow Heyo for the the one that I'd more be like they're doing it. <laughs> okay, okay. So that we're not too distracted from our topic at hand. From though. Elton John. If you were choosing two, if Elton John decided to sashay Ooh. his way into Howard All Stern, right. Susie dramas immediately, immediately, and then I'm still standing. Okay, okay. That that would be yeah, like Susie dramas because it's. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of tainted by how much I, I realized I love that song from the recent um, listening of this, and then I'm still standing because that's the big hit I want to play. I have to be complacent and go with Tiny Dancer, probably. All and right. Tiny Dan probably Tiny Dancer and your song look, for me. Look, look, your song is um, one of the, has to be like the 20 most emotional songs I've heard like in, in my life, right? You know who he wrote it for, right? Yeah, his dad. Yeah, his dad. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, like it's a heavy song that like is well deserving of all of its social. It's it's a phenomenal song. Um, Tiny Dancer, I'm not as big about just because it doesn't pack the punch that your song has. But those are two. I'd say those are two great great picks. Yeah, if you had to get Elton John to play two songs. Almost Famous really wrecked me for Tiny Dancer. There's, yeah. I can, ne I, I can yeah. never see it the same way after having seen that film. Yeah. it's. I, I still got to see that film. It's, it's so good. I bet. Yeah. All right. Elton John. Our first Elton John album. We kind of burned through it. But um, but you know what? I think it's been it's been all good things. It's been all good things. Well, and I think that... Um, it's there was nothing divisive about this album. There's nothing no. that like it. It's, it is a really 
really strong contemporary modern yes. album that um, has no fat on it. You know, I, no. I use that expression, I think, quite frequently, but definitely everything is strong on this. It's very, very cohesive. Um, it's interesting. I didn't realize it was his first number one album. So yeah. That's, that's kind of intriguing. Which I don't, I'm looking it up right now on which one that ended with, but Grace, stop hitting hands, Grace. But she, uh, but anyways, um, because, yeah, there, because there, it wasn't, because Go By Yellow Brick Road was a number one hit, because I think that's, that's yeah. known as like his, I, I think, I think um, Bob Spitz described it as like his magnum opus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rock of the Westies was the last one that was, well, well the last one in the streak that okay. was a number one hit. Yeah, so it was Honky Chateau, Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only a Piano Player, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Caribou, Captain Fantastic, Caribou, Fantas- Caribou. Caribou. <laughs> all right, Caribou, uh, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy, and then Rock of the Westies. Okay. Yeah. Boy, he's got a lot of albums. I know, right? This guy has his most recent one, Regimental Sergeant Zippo, is his 31st studio album. That is insane. That I don't think Pink Floyd is that many albums. Oh, no, no, no. They they certainly don't. They don't. Well, and this, it looks like, is is actually was meant to be his debut album. I guess so. So it was just released just as... As here's some stuff. Wow. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he... I mean, I feel like he would have to wrote it, given that top instead, or he could just, right? Say that again? No, they just released it. It's those, so they're old recordings. It looks like. Oh, it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Recorded between November of '67 and May of '68. Wow. Okay. All, all right. Um, that honestly sounds like sounds like it's a repeat possibility. Right. We haven't been doing repeats yet, and we won't be doing them for a while. But when they come around. Yes, indeed. And so um, next week, uh, we're going to be talking about Dave Matthews. Dave the Matthews. Table and Dreaming. That will be my choice. Excited we, for that one, actually. We do love us some Elton John. If you have any other recommendations for other Elton John nuggets, as we've already identified ourselves as being kind of novices with regard to deep cuts for Elton John, feel free to send us an email at btgpodcast123 at gmail.com or send us out a tweet um, at btgpodcast123. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, I hope that you have a wonderful week. Remember, once in a while, you get shown the light. Strangest places, if you look at it right. See you guys around.